A legendary money manager is slashing his stock market exposure, according to MarketWatch, and says you should be nervous. We'll explain. It is Wednesday, June 10th, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from Lake Mayapak, New York. I am Cameron Huddleston, financial journalist and author of Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk, coming to you from Kentucky. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape, like Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk author Cameron Huddleston. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for a free trial and 10% off your first year. And of course, you support the show. And the best thing also about using a service like Tiller is if you're someone like me that loves to procrastinate, you do it once and you don't have to do it anymore. So it's not like hanging over you, which is always good, right? <laughs> of course, I, I get that too. I, I wouldn't say I'm a big time procrastinator, but certainly being as busy as I am, I mean anything that might makes life a little bit easier is a good thing. Well, yeah. And you know, you're, you're also in addition to your, we talked in yesterday's episode about your book and all that, but you're also a mom and a wife. You have a lot going on at home. Do you feel like you were more productive or less productive during this time that we sort of were hibernating, quarantining? I feel like in the beginning I was as productive as I normally am. But since my kids have been officially done with school since May 12th, yes, May 12th, these last couple of weeks, it's been really difficult to get things done because at least before when they were home, they had schoolwork that they had to do. Now they have nothing. And it is a struggle every day for me to try to make sure they are entertained so that I can actually get work done. So um, I don't know. I'm not one of these people who is using this opportunity to, you know, get super in shape and do yoga every day and read every book I've been trying to read. I am just trying to keep my head above the water. I think that a lot of us can relate to that. My son was done June 2nd. And so we're working to find things to keep him busy, but his sleepaway camp was canceled. So we don't have any solid plans for the summer, except a lot of family time, which is not the worst thing. I know we have been playing games. We've watched a lot of movies I feel fortunate, though, that my oldest is 15, and then I have another daughter who's 13, and so they can keep their younger brother entertained. He's eight, and he is the one I have to worry about most. So I do have these built-in babysitters, so as long as he's not annoying them, they do a pretty good job of keeping him occupied. Sounds good. We have, what are we doing next? Oh, let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the headline. This is Gertrude, room mom over at the Stacking Benjamins Facebook basement group. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tuned into Money with Friends. Okay, so this is an opinion article from MarketWatch. It's by Brett Arends. You should be nervous. Legendary money manager slashes stock market exposure from 55% to 25%. Stocks are expensive and the economy is terrible. As investors, we should always get nervous when we start making too much money too easily. 
As a foolish youth, I once ignored that rule while speculating on interest rate futures and got my fingers slammed in the door very quickly and very hard. Even before Friday's jobs report, which sent the stock market skyrocketing yet again, investors' cups have been running over. Our stocks and mutual funds and 401k balances have been going vertical for more than two months. So it's probably a good moment for a bucket of cold water. And who better to provide it than Wall Street's best-known cold water merchants, Ben Inker and Jeremy Grantham at Boston Fund Company GMO. Uncertainty has seldom been higher. Oddly, neither has the stock market, warns Inker, the firm's head of, head of asset allocation, adding that GMO slashed its stock exposure in its flagship benchmark-free allocation strategy from 55% in March to just 25% by the end of April. We are in the top 10% of historical price-earnings ratios for the S&P on prior earnings and simultaneously are in the worst 10% of economic situations, arguably even the worst 1%, adds Grantham, the company's co-founder. The coronavirus pandemic is unlike past economic disasters, he says. It is totally new, and there can be no near certainties, merely strong possibilities. This is why Ben is nervous and this is why you are nervous, or should be. After the trauma of the last few months, the economic risks hardly need much repeating. But as markets soar, they are at least worth remembering. Among them, mass unemployment, mass corporate bankruptcies, a prolonged economic slump, civil unrest, a quest for a vaccine that takes much longer than people hope, or which is less successful than people hope. As Grantham adds, but most viruses have never had a useful vaccine, and most useful vaccines have taken well over five years to develop, and when developed have been only partially successful. Grantham adds that even before the crisis hit, the economy was dealing with longer-term problems, including climate change, slowing population growth in the developed world, slowing productivity gains, and in the U.S., record public and corporate debt levels. The article goes on to say none of this would matter so much if stock prices were cheap and offered investors a good margin of safety, they add. But they aren't. Cue the Alfred E. Newman market. What? Me worry? Investors have enjoyed the equivalent of several years of good returns in the stock market in a matter of weeks. GMO notes, by late April, most stock markets were offering dismal seven-year returns, they calculate. It's worth adding that they ran the numbers over a month ago. The markets have carried on rising since then, meaning the markets today offer even more grounds for caution. Now, it's easy to dismiss GMO as doomsayers. My late friend Dan Bunting, a British money manager for many decades, used to say that the problem with all economic forecasts was, quote, the economic fundamentals always look awful. Critics note that the, GM, the GMO has been generally very cautious on stock markets, especially in the U.S. in recent decades. They also note in its global asset allocation and benchmark-free asset allocation strategies, two key guides to in-house thinking have underperformed their target rates of return over the last decade. On the other hand, GMO's quarterly updates remain required reading on Wall Street, even among those who are always 100% invested in stocks and 100% bullish. It is at the least a reminder not to give in too heavily to euphoric animal spirits after stock markets have boomed. Retail investors in particular are prone to the twin risks of getting too bullish when stocks have risen and too bearish when they are down. So let's talk about this. I mean, I've been observing and I haven't been 
actively doing much in terms of my investing. Um, we have dollar cost averaging happening in my household, certainly through my husband's 401k, and I have a solo 401k. But we haven't really done a lot in terms of our own investing. But it's been sort of a roller coaster ride nonetheless because the market's really tanked when this first happened. But since then, as the article points out, it's really been up, 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 up. But there's nothing indicating that we aren't going to have really serious, somewhat long-term economic troubles. What do you think, Cameron? So I agree with that. My husband, who is an economist, would agree too that we are certainly not out of the woods yet when it comes to the economy. It's interesting, though. I like that you picked this article because so many other pieces I read over the weekend were talking about how it looks like the economy is rebounding already, thanks to that great jobs report that came out. Yes, several there are several market experts who are saying, "Oh, look, things are getting better. You know, there's going to be a great summer for stocks. If you're an investor, you should just be going with the flow." I think, um, you know, I think this article is rightly pointing out that investors still should be cautious. I think, though, if you are someone who is saving for the long term, which Sounds like you are, Bobby, which is what I'm doing, which a lot of people are. I mean, of course, there are people out there who are day traders. But I think for the most of us who have, you know, investments through a 401k, you know, an IRA, some sort of individual retirement account, um, we're investing for the long term. And if we are spending a lot of time online reading all of these articles, it's just going to make our head spin. Because you've got one person saying, be nervous. You've got another person saying, go with the flow. And it's hard to know what to do. And I think if you are spending a lot of time reading the news, the market news, and getting all worried about it, it's not going to do you any good. Your money should be just sitting in those accounts and growing. If you're trying to time the market, pulling it out, switching into bonds, that can be a mistake, as you know, right, Bobby? <laughs> exactly. So I think that if you are someone listening to this advice, and they said, if you, you know, it, it is followed because it's interesting to know this by people that are 100% invested. That doesn't mean you have to actually take action. It's interesting, and I think there's nothing bad about being informed, but always taking a step back. Now, know that if you're going to need a certain amount of money for something, like let's say you're saving for a home and you're going to need it for a down payment, well, then you want to be very thoughtful about the decisions that you make. And if you've got the number you need now, well, maybe you think about how you're going to manage the risk with um, knowing that you need to have that money in a shorter time frame. So it is always useful to do that. And it's not at all or nothing. It might be a small portion of your portfolio that you're going to be taking out to make that big purchase um, and maybe have a lower mortgage. Even though mortgage rates are very low, um, it's still debt. I don't know. I Whatever. But I think that what's, what's interesting is this, this split between the economy and the stock market. And people are wondering, well, if, if let's just say the economy is not in great shape, which is probably true, even though the jobs report was not as bad as people thought, a lot of that's reflective of people that, people that were furloughed, as I understand it, were often counted as unemployed, but they weren't really unemployed. They were, their place of business was shut down. And as things come back online, they're no longer not getting paid by the business. So they are employed. So you have the snapback, but I don't know that we yet have the clarity to see how many jobs will have been eliminated as businesses try to get back on track, especially when you hear about different kinds of businesses that cannot operate at full capacity. So if you're a hair salon and you can operate at 30% capacity in your state, well, your business is down 70% in some way. You can mitigate it a little bit by making longer hours. You can work on every day of the week instead of just five or six days a week. There are things that can be done, but at the same time for many businesses, 
they will not be able to do as much business as they could. And as they figure that out, there may be more job losses and there's certainly gonna be less profit when you look at that. We just don't know, we don't have clarity. I would love for the economy, we all would love for the economy to just snap right back. So let's just hope that happens, but it might be tough. The other interesting thing that is happening here that I've heard from some of my sources going to reporter mode is that a lot of the stock market indexes reflect sectors of our economy that are not as negatively impacted as others. So a lot of the indexes are not as heavily weighted in things like travel and hospitality and retail and restaurants. They're much more heavily weighted in say technology. So you may see something, an index that is moving higher, but that may reflect the composition and the weighting. Many indexes are weighted. So certain bigger stocks become even more important within that index. And that might explain why they're going higher, even as other parts of the economy are not. Did that make sense when it came out, Cameron? I'm not sure. Okay, I suddenly cannot hear you, but I think that other people can because I am seeing you speak. Can everybody hear Cameron? All right, we are recording this live on Facebook Live. I don't know why I suddenly can't hear Cameron. Cameron, check your settings and I'm gonna check mine. Okay, let's see. And we will see what's going on. Bear with us, this is what happens with live recordings. Um, but I don't, suddenly I do not hear Cameron. And I'm just checking everything. Cameron may have to go in and out of the system. She will be back with us in just a moment. Um, okay, Adrian is saying, yes, we suddenly cannot hear Cameron. So thank you, Adrian, and we will have her back in just a few minutes. In the meantime, I do want to read just a little bit more of the article. Um, let's see where I wanna go. Oh, it is at least a reminder not to give in. I read that part, let me go forward. Meanwhile, for those wondering where a cautious skeptic should invest, GMO notes that so-called value stocks are comparatively cheap everywhere and that emerging market stocks as a group are cheap by any reasonable measure. And best of all, I think I hear Cameron coming back. Oh, she went away, but she's coming back. Um, and I'm best here. of all, can you hear me? She's back, all right. Let me just finish this paragraph I'm reading for everybody. Uh, best of all, naturally, emerging market value stocks. And oh, they note that many, while many countries in the emerging and developing world may struggle with the coronavirus crisis and its fallout, some of the biggest members of, members of the MSCI Emerging Market Index, think Taiwan and South Korea, seem to have coped with it better than the so-called developed world. So that's an interesting statement too about where to invest. We were just reading the last paragraph of the article, Cameron. And Cameron, you're back with us. I am. Can you hear me okay? I can. You sound great. So you're, you've officially been, that was like, I feel like that's almost like a hazing. Of, <laughs> um, of, let me just, let me just bring Cameron back into the show. Um, I could hear her, but I'm not sure everybody else could, but everyone should be able to hear you now. So I feel like we got through our hazing. You learned how to yeah. come back when we had a technical glitch. Cameron got herself back into the show. Taping, you know, <laughs> stuff, this is not easy. This is no amateur show, Cameron, okay? And so I can, I hope that you can hear me okay. I can yeah. hear you, but it's, oh, oh, wait, now I can hear you better because now I can actually hear you through my headphones We're and not good. just my computer. Okay, yes. Speak your wisdom, Cameron. Okay, so here's what I think is interesting too about this article um, because this situation is so different from anything we've seen in the past. There are so many uncertainties. You know, you've got some experts who are saying, well, I mean, just look at the jobs report. You know, you had a lot of economists who were expecting 
unemployment, you know, the unemployment rate to continue to rise. And then everyone was surprised to see that jobs were added. It was a big shock. You know, we're talking about how this is the biggest, you know, jump in the number of jobs added ever. Well, I mean, you have to look at how many jobs we've lost. But the, the thing is, it's so hard to predict anything now. And so I, you know, any any prediction that you see, you need to take it with a grain of salt because we are in such strange times. This is not your typical downturn by any means. And so we don't know what's going to happen next. And the problem is, even if things start to bounce back as they seem to be doing, you know, slightly, there could be outbreaks again. Late summer, in the fall, they keep talking about that. And so then we could have other periods of shutdowns. And then we're kind of back to square one. All these gains that we've made can be quickly erased. So, you know, I would say any investor still needs to be very cautious. You know, even if you are investing for the long term, don't make any drastic moves right now. And you point something out that it's not like we're in the clear. And also, a lot of consumers aren't necessarily ready to go out yet. So you may have a restaurant that's open, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will have the same demand for their for dining out that they used to have because people are still nervous. Right. I'm among those people. I have not been shopping in stores even though restaurants are open, I'm not going to go sit down and have a meal. I'm getting carry out. I'm trying to support my local businesses by, by getting carrying out and, and purchasing things when I can, when it's some sort of curbside pickup. But I'm not ready to sit in a restaurant around other people. I'm not ready to do the same type of shopping that I did before. So, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people out there like me who are still very scared and very cautious. I Yeah, I agree. I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. I feel like I'm wearing my mask out. And I'm aware of who's around me, but I have been going out a little bit. And certainly I've been to the supermarket. Let's go. We actually posted a quick poll on our Instagram and I was shocked a lot of you guys participated. I'm going to put Cameron on the spot because I love to do that to my co-hosts. <laughs> consider this part of our hazing too. Okay. So we asked our, our Instagram audience, by the way, everyone, the handle is at moneyfriendspod. So please follow us there. Are you actively investing in the stock market? Yes or no? So how many people are feeling good about putting money in the stock market right now? Like guess a percentage. A percentage. Um, how many said yes? Oh, geez. Um, I guess it kind of leaves that up to interpretation because I would say I am invested, but am I actively investing because my money is in a, a SEP IRA? Um, I don't know, 50%? 83%. So people feel good. I mean, I think I, I think there's different ways, as you said, there are different ways to interpret the question, but I think it certainly means that people are enthusiastic, that people are feeling good about investing versus the real nervousness, which honestly I had in March when the market was just tanking. That was really scary. I don't care how much you know in your head. We are humans. We are emotional. I was really nervous. I mean, even though I'm not retiring anytime soon, I still, you watch your nest egg go down by whatever percent, that does not feel good. So I will tell you that my husband back in maybe it might have been February, he actually changed all of the allocation in his 403B from stock funds to bond funds. So, yes, he did. And I was like, I'm like, OK, so what's your plan? Because when are you going to get back in? I'm when like, you get back in. That becomes a problem. Right, right. I'm like, you can't time the market. And so he hasn't lost any money. His account value has not dropped any. I looked at my SEP IRA for the first time the other day 
I just, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to see the damage. And, and my timing was good because, you know, the market has been up. And so I'm almost back up to what my balance was before the stock market tanked. Like I said, my husband hasn't lost any, but now that stocks are up again, what does he do? You know, when is he going to get back in? We talk about this. I'm not sure if he hasn't quite figured it out. You could be right to get Mm -hmm. out. And he had really good timing, the market getting out. But when do you get back in? Tricky. I don't know. Annette on our Facebook Live audience. Cameron, you want to grab her comment? Yes. And I agree with her. She says, stick to the plan, DCA, which I'm assuming she means dollar cost averaging for the win. I hope. Yes, I hope too. Very well said. All right. Hold that thought. We're going to get ready to do our takeaways. But first, I just want to thank Tiller for sponsoring Money with Friends. It helps you manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet, which is always a good thing because we have so many things to be doing, um, especially now with um, the country getting back to work. It's one thing that you can just set it and forget it. You can connect your banks with it using Google Sheets or Excel, whatever works for you, which is great. It's totally customizable. So it works whatever you need to see. It will adjust to your needs. And it also has an automatic daily feed of your spending, your balances, your transactions, so you know what's going on, but you don't actually have to do the work, <laughs> which I always love. Um, so you don't have to have the data entry, you don't have to you know, have all these multiple account logins and all of that stuff. You just connect your banks once, and then you see your transactions automatically updated each day, so you set it up once, you don't have to do anything, and that is great for people that are busy, and also people that are just lazy, because it all happens for you. So Tiller works for you every way you need. Go to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. You'll get more information. You'll get a free trial, and you get 10% off your first year. Please use that URL, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF, as in money with friends. You could also say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but really it's money with friends. And um, thank you for supporting the show. So we appreciate all of our listeners and supporters and our growing audience, by the way, now that we are on Westwood One, we're so happy to be part of the Westwood One family and reaching so many new people. So welcome everyone for that. Cameron, do you want to go first or do you want the final word for takeaways? I can go first and I'll let you have the final word because you chose this article. So here's my takeaway from this. This uncertain time is making it more difficult than usual to predict what will happen next with the stock market and the economy. So if you're investing for the long term, my advice is not to get too caught up in these predictions. Stay the course you're on. Don't try to time the market and don't make any drastic moves. Such wise words. And, you know, the story you tell about your husband is evidence like, We know what's what, but yet we are human and we do what we're going to do. And, you know, I I could not have set it better myself. So, in fact, I actually um, would echo that. And then I would go back to the article. There's a quote that I really loved. Um, This line really stands out to me. Retail investors in particular are prone to the twin risks of getting too bullish when stocks have risen and too bearish when they are down. So read this and consider it. And then work back from your goals and especially your timeline in deciding what to do. There's nothing wrong with taking profits at the right time. There's nothing wrong with cash preservation at the right time. But just remember, as we learned from Cameron's husband, then you have to figure out when to get back in if you need to reinvest the money. So think carefully about that. Um, On that note, Cameron, two shows in a row, two winning appearances. Thank you for being here. Tell us more about where we can find out more about you and what else you're working on. You can find out more about me on my website, CameronHuddleston.com. There are 
There's a link there to the places where you can buy my book, which is Mom and Dad, We Need to Talk. I've got some free resources for people to help them have the conversation. You know, honestly, I have just been so busy trying to stay afloat. I, you know, I I write as a personal finance journalist, so I've still been writing, and I feel incredibly fortunate that I still have a job that's that's paying me money, um, and that I'm still bringing income in for my family. Um, you know, certainly it's it's a difficult time. Um, my mother, who has Alzheimer's disease. She has to get surgery. And so I have been dealing with that, all the hoops you have to jump through in this time of coronavirus. I'm more than anything, I'm just looking for things to get back to normal. Yes. And I hate the term the new normal, but it will be a different normal. Um, and, you know, we look forward to having you back in four weeks and we'll hear, hopefully things will have gone incredibly well with your mom. You have a busy month with some surgery for her. And you'll be able to report back firsthand how all of these different medical facilities are handling that delicate balance between coronavirus and people that just need surgeries because we forget there are so many medical needs separate from this that sort of got pushed to the side when we were all focused on coronavirus. And now that we're quote, getting back into the swing of things, we have to start addressing those things and we have to start addressing the normal needs of our loved ones. So we wish you well. With that, to learn more about Cameron and the rest of our thought leaders here at Money with Friends, go to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. And of course, please follow us at Money Friends Pod. And uh, that is also our Twitter on both Instagram. That's our handle. Let's correct that. That is our handle on Twitter and on Instagram. Did you do your handles, Cameron? I forget. <laughs> no, I don't think I did on Twitter. And, and this is going to be a little bit confusing for people. On Twitter, my handle is at C.H. Lebedinsky, which is my married name. On, on Instagram, it is Cameron K. Huddleston. And if you ever have trouble, like I said, we've got connections to Cameron. Just go to moneywithfriendspodcast.com and you can get connected to all things Cameron Huddleston. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you back here in four weeks. Yeah, I can't wait. And thanks for having me on the show. I've loved it. Thank you to our Facebook Live audience and to all of you. Um, and stay healthy, stay safe. We'll see you soon. Joe will be back tomorrow with a new thought leader from our new season. Bye, everyone. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends. <laughs>